0: Welcome to my good bad brain I'm a normal person, so I'm insane I've got depression and ADHD But I'm doing better since I medicated me I'm still not always sure whether I exist Or what being a person even really is But I figured out a long time ago that is beautiful. Hello. Hello. I'm sitting outside today. I want to chill. Been having a weird one. Been having a weird one, fam. Um, somebody uh, messaged, uh, commented, or something. Somehow it found its way to my eyeballs and my brain. And, you know, every episode doesn't have to have some profound truth in it, you know, that, um and I guess they're right, it's almost like they're telling back to me <laughs> what I set out to do in the first place, that uh I didn't set out to make something here about mental health, that's some authoritative thing, again, about anything but my own experience of it, of my brain and mental health issues that I have, And listening to other people about their own. You know. It's not. I don't. I do feel some internal pressure. Or something to fall into. Like well what's a podcast? What's a self-help podcast? It's always somebody who talks to you very certainly. And very accurately. Or whatever. And they have an answer for your problem. And I think that's why self-help stuff feels so snake oily. And terrible so much of the time. um, Because you know. They tell you they got answers. And I don't think, I don't know, I think anybody tells you they got an answer. Someone said to me one time, if somebody tells you that they've got the answers, uh, put a hand on your wallet, like check for your wallet. As soon as somebody tells me that they got answers, ah, uh, that's that's when my alarm bells start to go off. Anything beyond, you know... Your best guess based on the information you've received and the power of your own brain at what you think might be the answer. Anything beyond that into the realm of this is the answer that I've got, that I've figured out, and now I'm going to tell it to you. And it only costs you this much. And uh, that's fine because money's just energy and everybody needs to live. And you should start thinking that way too. And blah, 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 blah. (laughs) I don't know. It just feels... Like, wrong. Uh, I, I've he's I, come up a couple times recently. Friends I've known have heard themselves on a recording and comment this thing that... I must feel like we're all programmed to comment. I say like so much. Oh, I hate listening to myself. I say like so much. How many times does this person say like in this conversation? Like, 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 like. I've, it's like, like, you know, like, like... And I say it all the time. I also add I don't know to the ends of everything. Although in my brain I see it as uh, two words. I don't know. D-O-N-O. Don't know. I don't know. Uh, at The end a sense is... And I think it's because of this thing. I have such a pet peeve about anybody who acts like they fucking know. Like there's one answer and there's a certainty to it, especially in art or something creative. If anybody ever describes like if somebody talks to you like, so the reason we do this shot, you should do this shot is because it conveys this feeling. And this is any bound like this is what I think. I think if we do it like this, it'll feel like this. That's what I'm going for. That's my thought. I'm just like, fuck off. Because there are no certainties about anything. And, and now you're not really interested in figuring it out together. You're interested in being the person who has the answers. You know what I mean? It always just makes me feel so not good. So then with like, people say like, like, like. To me, all of language is going to fail. I think that's the beauty of it. That's why poetry and words and stuff mean so much to me. Well, like my favorite fucking thing is because they will always fail. And I think the things I love the most are things that will try and try and try and never be enough that they they, they just will never achieve what they really want completely. There's something so beautiful in that striving for its own sake, that the end goal is not the reason we do things, you know, like that the journey is the reason we do things. And the like to me is like words, words, words are three dimensional things. They're molecules in air bouncing around that you push out of your lungs and shape with your mouth and pass through some tissues and they vibrate and then there you go three dimensions molecules motion around in space with sound waves and whatever and then you get sound you get you get this thing that exists in the physical world and it has a shape a three-dimensional shape and that's all we have to try to talk about talk about things that are far beyond three-dimensional concepts you know things that exist beyond time and beyond space, and that are some the matters of the soul, of this question of consciousness and what it is, of questions of things that are that are supernatural. You know, fate, meaning, purpose, love, like these these kinds of things. I, will never. You'll you'll always be creating an approximation for it. Even if I say now, what does that mean? Well, now is over now. So now is a slippery thing that can never really now. Now, you're never going to be accurate, and in that intentional vagueness, I think you can find really beautiful truths. So people who say like, I say like too much. Like, oh well, to me, you're being more honest. Because nothing you say will ever be the thing. It will be like the thing. It will be an approximation of what you're trying to do, what you're trying to say. And if you're speaking of manners of truth, like things things that have to do with your thoughts about how things are or should be or work or whatever, you're definitely never telling that that certainty is never going to be possible. So it is always you saying what you think about, uh, like right around what it, what it is, you know, like. So... I don't know. I don't think it's just a space fill. Like, um, I think it's like you're struggling. Like, like, like it's, you know, that thing that happens like that. And then at the end you go, I don't know. And <laughs> I have had people start telling me not to say, I don't know. Cause they're like, you do know, you do know, not in a grandizing way, but you know what you think, you know? And, uh, I'm trying to take that to heart. I think there's some truth to that, but I also think I attached to, I don't know, because there's some, true like honesty there's some zen shit in i don't know nobody knows we just try our fucking best to get in there and the kind of like reminder of humility is good to me you know a lot of these concepts there's a lot of like, puritanical christiany kind of concepts of like shame and meekness that are easy they easily masquerade as strong uh spiritual concepts like humility or uh thoughtful regret consciousness you know like where you do have a profound enlightened intellectual concept from my perspective of um thoughtfulness uh you know mindfulness consciousness that can often be regret N- thinking about things you did knowing you don't want to do them again because they hurt people and that will masquerade in a, the culture as shame. This It's not even guilt. It's like beyond. It's like its own thing, living its own life, its own little whirlpool of knife blades and things like that for you to fall into and stay there and act like you're being holy. You're not being mindful. You're being ashamed. And that toxic shame is not going to do anyone any good. But you get this feeling like that's what being a good person is. And the same thing with uh, something like... Uh, meek right the meek shall inherit the earth be small be weak be pathetic that's those are the good people no i think what they mean is humble you know don't think that you're more than this bag of flesh that you are love it for that love that you get to be part of this tapestry of people love it for the strengths that it has that others don't and understand it and love it for the weaknesses that it has that others don't be humble humility is good that is, uh, you know, in line in a sort of larger Venn diagram, whatever, I think, with things like surrender, these spiritual sort of concepts of acknowledging that you are part of the universe and not the other way around, you know, trying to fight the solipsistic question and respecting the existential uh, sort of life and presence and consciousness and journey, adventure, dreams of all the other ones around you, too, that it's not just you doing what you want to do and everything else is in the way, you know, humility not meekness not just like oh I'm so bad I'm so small I'm so pathetic and like you know trying to develop that, that nuance between those two things and making sure you're not in the side of it that is the, the one that's toxic and corrosive and sort of like self uh, self flagellating but in a way that's, that's self satisfying you know like you're doing it you're doing it for you you're doing it for your weird satisfaction of uh, an itch you need to scratch your shame itch and you know it's it it's uh it's slippery because it's easy to like pretend that that's being a good person and sorry if there's weird sounds i just got up to walk around and, uh, let me check the sound quality i was sitting on the cable all right yeah i'm walking around i got up i'm on my patio i'm just outside i was sta- i was sitting on the cable and i was like <sighs> i literally pictured the sound waves in my head like there was water in a hose like oh i was just sitting i just had weight on the cable of this microphone i wonder if the sound's getting squished and it's going to come out the other end all high pressure and weird (laughs) like it's water uh that's stupid um anyway so that's how my brain works um you can you can masquerade high-minded spiritual concepts as something much like simpler and stupider and you'll be like, I'm being a good person because I feel shame and that's not being a good person. Thinking about what you did is do, being a good person. Shame is like something you're just doing for your own weird masturbatory, like oh pain' I'm, I'm so bad I'm so bad I'm so bad look I, I can't be I can't be bad because I'm in pain about it so I, but I, I am bad. I'm so bad and it's like fuck off Who are you doing that for? Not do it for anyone. It's not making anyone feel better, you know. <sighs> I'm getting around, so ah, uh, so the likes the I don't know is the lack of a true answer. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know, and nothing could be more evidence than than this week, where, you know, last week's came out late and it was around my birthday, and I was talking about some stuff that was like troubling me and making things weird, and I guess I just, I still to this day, I don't always give uh, credit to like when I'm going through a, a thing like an episode you know when I when I my brain's acting up in its bad ways I I still I don't know it's usually not till it's over or that I'm starting to get out of it. It's like been a week or days of like a depression or a, an anxiety thing or wh- you know whatever. Or my ADD is like really off the charts. and I'm not doing what I need to do to take care of it. Before I really notice it, before I really acknowledge it, you know. And I mean, it's evidence. It's evidence. You you do you do let you function a little less. Like if you had work and things you wanted to get done and they don't happen. Oh, mysteriously they're. They're not being done. Oh, but that's okay. I'm just taking time for me. It's not like I'm not. I can do it. I'm not. But, you know, then a few days in, a weekend, you're like, wow, I'm really having trouble getting this out. And it was mental health awareness day or week or something this week. I don't know. Some hashtag thing they invent, which which I actually kind of like, you know, I, I, I understand also the side of things that are like, these aren't real holidays. These aren't real days, obviously. But the idea that there'd be something that it's almost like prayer, you know, it draws a lot of attention to this one thing, hashtags as prayer for the new world that makes everybody look at it and go, oh, it's National Dog Day. Fucking love. Dog. Let's all talk and think about dogs. You know, <laughs> Oh, it's National. uh, uh ice cream sandwich day let's all look at that and think about that oh interesting it's like this weird way to just guide the attention adam said on this podcast one thing about prayer like like um, if you have like prayer if you have a million people like in the world if everybody in the world prayed about something together at one time something would happen you know what i mean it doesn't mean like, oh, some magical thing would come true, but but there's like uh, an idea would be so uh, held by so many people at once that sort of naturally the understanding of the group think wanting this thing to happen, people would put in motion things that would start to happen. And I think there's something nice about these like hashtag holidays and things and promotional events of like, uh, it's hashtag um, video game mental health awareness <laughs> Hey, uh, hug a gamer you know it's really hard when you um, go on a bad losing streak and ranked you know it's really hard so hug a gamer today they hurt too we hurt too um, anybody who listens who plays League of Legends by the way I, I finally fucking escaped bronze really great really great thing and to be honest silver is worse alright this is very niche content for the gamers out there silver players are worse than bronze players I'm gonna go on the record anyway you can tell I was having a bad mental health week because I like took time playing ranked video games. <laughs> Let me just go back to my safe spaces. Um, my safe spaces that make me incredibly furious and anxious and sad. Um, that's a joke. I love video games. Um, mostly. There's this week, Mental Health Awareness Day. Mental Health Awareness Day comes out. Hey, Mental Health Awareness Day, the guy who has a podcast about mental health, his own mental health, and those of other people that he knows sometimes, like, where's his podcast for today? Good question, I asked to myself. Good question. Well, what's, why aren't you doing that? I don't know, you're having terrible fights with someone you love, and they seem to be stabbed in what kind of a person you are, and have definitely are triggered by your weird anxieties and things like that, and And also some real ones and old patterns and this frustration that like you could change so many fucking things in your life and about yourself and you can make so much fucking progress and there's some things that just won't fucking go away. And you're like, don't know why. Why? Why is this place sticking? Why is it hard to work this one thing out? (sighs) I don't know. I don't fucking know. My brother sent this funny meme to the group chat today, the boys group chat today. And um, it was like a picture of like two, it was two different pictures of a kid in a pool. And I don't know, it's like the funniest meme. I was like, memes are getting so weird because this meme was about mental health or whatever. And it was like, what spiritual breakthroughs and healing and growth uh, what you think they'll look like and it was like this kid smiling in a pool on a floaty and the other one was like what it actually looks like and it's someone else like barely keeping their head above water panic drowning oh oh, oh, oh. And, like waters you can you almost like feel like you can feel and see the water like starting to fall into their mouth oh, uh, i'm gonna make it oh, maybe not oh, you know and i was like fuck that seems true like getting mentally well spiritually well definitely isn't very pretty, you know what I mean, it's definitely not all simple, and like, yeah, yeah, you're just gonna, you're just gonna, gonna do some meditation, you're gonna burn some sage, some incense, some palo santo, you're gonna just smudge it all out of you, and you're gonna fill up with light, and it's gonna be great, it's gonna be clean, it's gonna feel beautiful, like, it's not even uh, squeezing a black hat out of your face, squeezing a, a, a pussy little zit, like, Not even that dirty. It's just going to be, oh, I'm a mentally healthy person now. Or like even worse, like just cut it off. Just cut it out. Just get rid of it. There you go. Easy. Just change your mindset. Make a decision. And it's just clean. Wow. That's all I needed to do? You're like, I'm having an anxiety attack. I think I'm fucking... Uh, uh, I think this is attached to some kind of depression spiral too. Maybe ADHD. I don't know. Why? Well, I just think I'm like the worst fucking thing in the planet. I'm just like this essentially toxic, corrosive thing and nothing I do will ever fix that. I, I don't know. Everything I do is misguided and comes from some horrible, selfish place of absolution and any bad thing I ever did. And I don't really care about the people around me that I think about all the time. It's just some trick of uh, my consciousness telling me that. So, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, like, you're just a person uh, who's, uh, you're such a Bad person, in the universe. Look at me. Be ashamed. Look at me. Ah, look at me. Say I did bad things. Oh, aren't I good? Aren't I good now? Oh, I'm such a smart, good, thoughtful person who feels guilt—not like those bad people who don't. Ha ha! It's a trick, though. Just making it up. You know, your your brain does that too. I don't know. uh that happens. You're just like going on this thing. Toxic shame. There it is. Same stuff I had when I was in the womb. Same stuff that, like, for decades of my life, I just—I think I wasted all my twenties. Like, whatever my core wound was, which definitely has to do with, like, mom stuff, dad stuff, uh, family stuff, Um, I think family unit stuff, an idea of love, an idea of a broken love, a broken relationship, and a broken family, a thing that would never work. And so I just put all my focus for years into like being a cool man a good man There was this thing I talked about this in therapy and it made me uh made me uh, I got really emotional it just came out of nowhere it surprised me it's a moment I think about with my father a lot I think I've written a poem about it I've I put it in a short film in high school which I don't have access to and I wish I could find again one day I think about it all the time it's this moment of my father that sort of um I don't know I think it uh became a very defining moment for me um in my mental health stuff and you know i try not to make this podcast about like therapy but my own therapy more about like just checking in with how you're doing but uh hey we're going for a ride so who knows um i heard a thing about comedy one time that like first you just joke about like normal stuff but you use that all up for you've done those jokes now you gotta go deeper now you gotta go deeper now you gotta go deeper so first you can joke about like airplanes and airplane food or whatever but eventually you gotta talk about like what you're afraid of and uh what's like really, really fucked up about you and blah 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 and um so here we go um it's not even like that. It's just a weird... My dad, um, My dad. when my parents were separated, my dad had already started having this mental breakdown, sort of involved drugs and different things too. When I was in high school, he lost his uh, license to practice law. There was some, uh, I think, some crime stuff and things, is my understanding of the story always, some money that he'd stolen and all these different things. Um, he was really crazy, and he would... Um, kind of sit in uh, these disheveled states. His houses uh, that he would rent for a period of time uh, moved around a bit were so crazy. They would just be covered in like, all the appliances and heavy things were put on wheels so he could move everything around from room to room, and there were just, like, trash everywhere, but, like, mostly in the form of papers, just papers and papers and papers and files and papers, and everything was labeled in these big black Sharpie markers. He just started labeling everything, and he would stay up for days, and I'd see him, uh, he takes Sudafed all the time, too, and I think because it was, like, also had stimulant effects in addition to the Adderall that he was taking and other things, I think, uh, and I've been told, but, um, you know he's taking all these other days on end, and he sort of calmed himself down sometimes. He'd go over to the freezer and take this big, uh, the cold bottle of uh, vodka out, and he'd drink out of that a little bit just to chill. And it was just nutty, you know. And I think he was, uh, he, he, I know he was. This is he started seeing a woman. Um, after him and my mom separated was much younger she was in her 20s and my understanding is she was a stripper and um, she was really nice and she would come around and be nice to us it was always a little weird you know because she's pretty young and here's my dad and his in his state this older man uh, just fucking a mess it was so weird and in this detritus everywhere and she would come by and be nice and help do dishes and hang out and be nice I don't know and I hadn't seen her in a little bit and she was and I, my dad seemed like just normal my dad being quiet crazy and he was sitting there in his house and in my memory he was just wearing some dirty old ripped white t-shirt and he might have just been his underpants or just some jeans I don't know and uh and I said hey where's um you know what's her name her name I'm and uh where I haven't seen her in a while what's up with her and my dad turned in this just kingdom of trash uh, with these wild red eyes up for days on end uh gaining weight losing weight just uh, looking not well like this king of this house and he said man women just fall in love with me man and i made that sound sad because i got sad when i was doing it but he said it more like man women just fall in love with me man like that you know like <laughs> such fucking arrogance, such hubris, such like. <laughs> He's this magical. Th- thing that everybody just fucking loves but then they're just mad at and he doesn't know why and blah 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 and i thought about that moment so much i thought about it more in therapy i thought about it and i saw like who the fuck does he think he is this fucking maniac look at this fucking shit Dude, you're fucking all over the place. You're not a catch. Like, what are you talking about? People just fall in love with me, man. Like, it's poison. Like, it's like, what's wrong with them? And when my dad was falling apart. I, I, maybe this is why this one imprint's on my was Think about it so fucking much. Like, I remember thinking like. <sighs> I remember thinking he was like this golden boy. You know, he had this law degree. He studied philosophy and undergrad. And he was the oldest of his siblings. And always kind of had all this pressure on him to be great. And he was so charismatic. And he was handsome. And he was funny. And he was just energetic. And I still remember one time I went to this dentist who knows my dad now and, and, and knew him. And he said to me when I met with him. And he was helping me with my teeth because my grandparents' dentist. And knew them. He'd known him for years. And I, I was like fucking getting my teeth cleaned or some shit and he goes man I've known your father for a long time I was like oh yeah he's done tons of work in my dad's mouth because his teeth were all like fucking rotting out of his head because of all the you know amphetamines and shit but um, uh, he goes it's so sad what happened to your dad and I go oh yeah because like <laughs> the things in my fucking mouth are you know we're getting cleaned up and stuff he goes I knew him when he was young and he was just so charismatic and aggressive and oh, just so sad and I was like Thanks, Doc. (laughs) Let's clean my fucking teeth, I guess. You know? Oh, that's what you think about my dad? Cool. Yeah, I know. I know. He's different now. Yeah. And I always felt like maybe this thing, this curse of potential, this idea of potential... When I was a little kid and all this time people tell me you have so much potential. You get these test scores that are so good. You have so much potential. And I used to get so fucking mad about it. I know, that they, I know what they mean now, but I was like with my mom and things and people who had this all oh, this potential. Or I knew other kids who I thought were fucking brilliant and they couldn't score well on a test to save their lives. Because their mind just didn't work that way. And I was like, oh, because I can trick your test. You think I'm smart, but you don't think these people are smart because they can't trick your stupid fucking test? That's fucking, that's dumb. You're wrong. And people have so much potential. Potential for what? for what to make better money for your weird economy or whatever for what what potential I'm fine as I am Why don't you just say I'm okay now Why do I have to do things To prove to you That like I'm valuable I'm worth something And I think my dad did that I think he He decided When he started going crazy And felt like My wife only loves me For money People only value me For money And being this guy Who makes this House happen And makes money Show up for them As a lawyer And hustles Fucking insurance companies For personal injury And blah 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 Then what if I'm just None of that fucking shit What if I'm And he just started Self-destructing What if I'm I'm fucking crazy now? now? And what if I, you know, do drugs? And what if I don't even, I'm not a lawyer. And what if I'm poor? How about that? What if I'm all these things? What if I start losing all my teeth? What if I get fucking fat? You love me now? You love me now? And it's horrifying. It's horrifying because I understand it. Do you love me now? Do you love me now? Man, women just fall in love with me, man. You know, like I get it, this, this thing to be like, fuck this, fuck being valued. I have a soul. We all have souls. You're going to look at my body and my achievements and my life and decide if I'm like valuable or not. What about, I don't even know what this thing is that I'm walking around in. It's just a fucking thing that I have, you know, this fucking brain and this body. Why are you looking at me like that and, and valuing the things that it does or doesn't do? I didn't pick it. None of us did. We're equal. That's the whole fucking point that they tell us. We're like fucking created equal. That's what they say. Leave me alone with your fucking potential. Man, women just fall in love with me, man. And now I'm like, I can hear his anger, I can hear his shame about it, and go, and why did they do that? Why are they so stupid to love me? Why would they be that way? You know? Me. Why? Because of the way that I am? Because I'm... And I can just hear it, and I would think, like, I... That shame, that anger at himself, and the people who loved him, and all that stuff, and I relate to it, which makes sense. He's half my fucking DNA, I guess. (laughs) man, women just fall in love with me, man, so I spent all my 20s on that, trying to make women love me, people love me, never achieving anything, just being scum, just being uh, tortured, uh, tortured, crazy, self-destructive, it's funny though, right, it's cool, it's poetic, it's cool, get drunk, let's drive 100 miles an hour out on my motorcycle, it's gonna be fucking cool, maybe I'll get lucky and die. Man, women just fall in love with me, man. And you just feel like... You know, you get in those spaces and you're back there. And some things happen to trigger it. Some things happen to... Uh, you know, I had some fights, some old... Old fights with old lovers who are still with, and I uh, love very much, and you're, just, you're together with someone for a long time, and then you through a lot of things, you're a lot of different people to them, and it's hard, sometimes it's hard to change, you know, it's hard to be allowed to change, I think about this thing people say, said to me when I was younger, I heard when I was younger, that Jesus was never a prophet in his hometown, you know, he was just a kid there, Who was born in a manger, you know, he was the carpenter's kid. That's who he fucking was, became a carpenter. That's who Jesus was to them. None of them are going to be like, oh, he's a holy man. People go back there and be like, like, oh, this guy's the son of God. And they'd be like, what? (laughs) Are you crazy? The guy who's the carpenter, Jesus the carpenter. I thought that was like really fascinating. I love that, you know, because it's like there's this reality of a fantasy that we all have to agree upon for things to be something else. And if someone's known you through a long time, through bad times, I mean, this is where the stupid thing is from relationships. People got to change. You got to you got to be able to love people and be excited about their changes. And that's how you do long term shit. And that seems to be true because you got to let them change because they're not going to be the same person they were with now. If you wait time, you know, they're not. They're going to, I mean, the whole dumb thing, quite literally, right? Your body pretty much regenerates almost all its stuff within seven years. And, uh, you're a new person, but some people, they've been there and the things that you did that hurt them, they, they remain, those things don't go away. They don't go away because you don't like it anymore. They don't go away because you feel like you're a better person. You wouldn't do that now. The things that you've done and I'm torn on this. Because I don't think people, I think forgiveness is a thing. I've forgiven people in my life. I don't want them to stay in pain about, like, things that they did to hurt me or whatever. I want them to be new people. I don't want them to live like that. I've met people who, uh, my mom did this violence rehabilitation uh, program with prisoners in San Quentin who were all lifers. They'd only be eligible if they were lifers. And uh, they did it. um, My mom, uh, my mom's mother was murdered. And they never called the person or anything like that. And so she was teaching yoga at this prison. And. And this other program, this violence rehabilitation program, found out about her background that she had a mother who had been murdered and she was a victim of this violence, you know, family victim of violence. And so they asked her to sit in as sort of a role-playing facilitator for some of these therapeutic um, exercises with the prisoners because part of the um, ultimate uh thing with the program of the graduation from the grip program guiding rage and power at, at the time at least i don't know now involved at some point they would speak to the families of the victims of uh people that they had killed basically usually um and so they would practice a little bit um with other people who were also who were victims of violence though not personally attached to that person that they would practice with um and with that program, you know, uh, I think change is very real, uh, especially especially when you're a kid. You know, there's people who are in there for life. They're like middle-aged and, and old men now who got in when they were 19, and you're just like, oh, fuck, man. When you hear their stories, like, what else could they have done? You know what I mean? It's just the system, this horrible thing, and you're like, people need a chance to change. Uh, you know, it's not just the off-the-hook thing. It's like you can be somebody totally different. But I really think people got to, in your life, let you be someone different. And you got to let yourself be different. And it can be hard when there's reminders of times of your life all around. I think, you know, uh, with addictive personalities, sometimes things are just too, too much. They remind you of a time when you're drinking too much. They're too, like, sexy. They're too, like, of that sort of part of your thing kind of triggering. And you got to stay away from them. And, uh... So this is hard. Stuff's been coming up these past weeks that's from my past with, um, my partner. And it's, uh, I'm not, like, proud of my, like, control over my fucking anxiety in some of these things. And one of them got so, this bad, and, uh, long story short, I ended up seeing a movie alone. (laughs) And the movie was, um, was, uh, this movie about, uh with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, um, and it's, uh, you know, it's called A Star Is Born, and I'm gonna spoil it, okay, so spoilers, seriously, stop listening now, I'm gonna do huge fucking spoilers for this movie, which is really good, stop listening now if you want to, um, not have the movie spoiled for you, because, you know, it's definitely spoilery, and, But I gotta talk about it. I gotta talk about it. So, go see the movie. Beautiful movie. Great songs. Just bawled. I fucking sobbed through the whole fucking thing. Cause it's a, it's per, it's awesome. I just love it. It's like music and love and huge love and self-destructive, whatever. The movie starts with Bradley Cooper is like this big famous musician and he discovers, um, Lady Gaga's character. Who's just a sort of cabaret singer with an amazing voice and feels like, uh, she's not pretty enough. People tell her she's not pretty enough to be a pop star. And she, uh, Bradley Cooper is a drunk, a terrible drunk and has his own wounds from his family past, not going to get into it. Long story short she becomes a huge star because he drags her along he's like, I love you, I'm in love with you, this becomes the thing and uh, drags her along uh, and makes her get on stage and she becomes this huge star and she starts her own career and then she's way bigger than he is, way way bigger and he's sort of, his decline is happening and he's still uh, drunk, he's just drunk all the time and snorting pills and stuff like that and then he just keeps going, keeps going um until uh and, and as she's getting better it's making him he acts worse and more toxic as she becomes more successful. And at some point <clears throat> Uh, she actually uh, wins a Grammy so she wins a Grammy for best of the year whatever and he goes on stage he stumbles up there after her just so high on pills and uh, alcohol and stuff like that and he ends up um, pissing himself on national TV on the stage of the Grammys while she's getting this Grammy it's mortifying it's just like the the moment of her life she's dreamed about and here's him her person that she's in love with she's so in love with him he ends up going to rehab and he gets clean he's three months sober or whatever he comes back from rehab and And um, he's – her manager comes to see him one day when he's there alone. And she's she's already – she's canceled a tour that she wanted him to go on with her. And the business people were like, no, that's never going to fucking happen. And she doesn't tell him that's why. She just says, I'm going to cancel the tour. But he knows because the manager comes and talks to him and is like – I know you're going to get back on pills. I know that's going to happen. And when it does, you can't be anywhere near her. And do you realize how fucking much you've damaged this woman's life and how hard it was to salvage what happened after what you did? And she'll never say this to you because she loves you so much. And that's that's what's up. And um, and he takes this to heart. And then she says she's not going to do the tours. And not that great, baby? We can stay together all summer. And he's like, oh, that's great. But he's thinking he knows she's lying. He knows And, uh, one thing leads to another and, and he doesn't show up for this concert that's supposed to be them together. And instead he hangs himself and (laughs) it's really fucking terrible. This guy was just decided. I'm so fucking bad. I, I, I know it. I know I'll never escape my badness. I can feel it inside myself that I don't have control. And I'm always going to be just a drain on the life of this woman who I love. And I can see myself. I destroyed it, what I had. And, and uh, here she is on the rise. And I love her. And she loves me so much that she'll destroy herself for me. And I will. Uh, there's no way I can stop that. Because this guy just saw no other options. And he fucking kills himself. Obviously uh, completely wrong Obviously completely devastating But I'm watching this movie alone After this fight about like old stuff And old patterns and an inability to like Really advance communication In this part of my life and feeling like Doing so much where like my mental well-being Is finally starting to get together I wasted a decade not working on work, life, creating stability and safety and happiness for myself, basically just assuming I was going to die before my mid-30s and, uh, you know, living accordingly. I, I spent a lot of time not working on me and being real about myself. And sometimes these things happen where I'm just right back in the headspaces of the bad days like feeling touching that void again feeling like well fuck you know I'm never gonna fucking be better nothing's ever gonna improve this person that I love so much they've they, they known me through all this stuff and they see it and I'm just gonna destroy her and drag her down too I don't make her happy she'll never be happy with me I gotta leave I gotta get rid of me so that she can be well and she'll be mad at me about it everybody will be mad about at me about it uh whatever but in the end they'll all be better off and at least even get a lot of good energy out of like as on my way out the door haha the, the magic the romance the pain of that'll be useful it's like fucking there you can feel it and I'm watching this movie just sobbing and never for a second when I'm watching it to go like oh, that's a good idea <laughs> yeah I would do what that guy did I, I want to do that I think that was a good move no <laughs> obviously 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 that's just things that your brain is telling you do this get rid of you <laughs> But uh, that's a lie. There's something in there that's a lie. It just is. And I tried to talk to my therapist about this, too. That I'm like... <laughs> she's like, I don't know you in all your life, but you're a good person. And uh, you you shouldn't uh, think that you're not a good person. And no one should feel that way. And I was like, well, is that that's not true. What if someone's a bad person? What if someone's a bad person doing bad things? And you want them to, be, to know that they're bad and being a bad person. They should feel like a bad person, right? And she... It's like, uh, I know what you're saying, but that's not what this is. And no, and I think about that all the time, like there's the same, this line that I try to dance when we talk about on this podcast, mental health, this line of like no victim blaming. Your problems are real. They're hard to defeat. They're inside. uh, They're outside of you. They're a thing that is not you. They're real. They're not just like toughen up and fix it. No big deal. Like they're real. But on the other side, encouraging self-responsibility and the ability to make choices, the ability to, like, power, empower ourselves, to know that we can be fucking better things and and make sure that, like, there's part of that dynamic that I think is some people being like, I'm going to fucking flaunt my mental health around and do it and it'll be an excuse for being an asshole and it'll be an excuse for all the things that I do wrong. It'll be an excuse for... When I'm lazy and when I'm late and when I'm just, like, selfish and when I'm just, like, a fucking asshole, I, I can always just go, like, yeah, well, I'm, you know, I've got depression and I have ADHD problems and I have a good bad brain and isn't that cute and isn't that fucking ha-ha. So that's me, and just kind of this cool, like, thinking about it mess and that's all right. So since you know my brand, I can be a dick. No. My mental health problems are not an excuse for me to be fucking useless and cruel to people around me. But it's so easy to slip down that depression slide and that anxiety slide and that self-hatred and that toxic stuff. And that like, my dad, women just fall in love with me, man. The arrogance in this person at this time in their life. It's so easy to, to fall down that and just do it. Just use, use what you've used, what your legitimate excuse is to do whatever the fuck you want so easy and it's so easy to get trapped there and feel like i'm just stuck i'm never gonna get out of this i don't know how and i don't know how i mean i i that's a lie that's that's not one of the i don't know's i guess that's real uh i you set practices for yourself you see professionals and you make an effort to be better and you think about what you do and you actually catch yourself in repeating the things that you don't want to do and try to stop them. And you make lists to help organize your brain and you take appropriate amounts of medication and you exercise and you meditate and you write things down and you try to create things in the universe. And you go out there and you try to get jobs so you can pay your rent and you try to pay people back that you borrowed money from, you know? And you look for health insurance and start setting that stuff up and you make a budget even though you've never done it in your life and no one ever taught you and you're like in your 30s now And you try you just fucking try and you keep trying as fucking earnestly as you can and some of it works some of it works and your headspace isn't horrible all the time And you don't have zero days anymore and you don't just fucking feed into it by drinking more and you really do start to create a sense of safety and a sense of okayness and possibility for yourself and you start to create a sense that you are in the universe you are okay you can even be good to the things and people around you and to yourself you can you can have a positive impact on this earth and when other people have feelings about you those are their feelings about you and you can listen to them and believe in them and you can validate them or not and you can still have a sense of yourself and you can listen to criticism and understand it's not about how you're just a poisonous fucking thing and they want you to die and you should feel tortured about it they're just leveling a legitimate criticism and a hope that you will listen and try to change it and apologizing is helpful and don't react to the reaction and you know, you start to be able to do that. And I still don't know what to do about this part that when you have made this progress and then something else is like it's still not enough or you're still fucked up or this is fucking bad and da-da-da. How not to feel the shame about the shame and go like fuck How fucking long is this gonna last? How long before I just get to fucking be normal and calm and happy and safe. And good and productive and generative, and just a good fucking little, you know, raccoon bringing home trash for my raccoon family. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It is on approximation, and it's not about this journey that I'm gonna arrive at. It's about just, stick out to fucking just keep trying. Just keep trying. And not accept pain as a normal thing every fucking day. Look for ways to fix that fucking pain. So you don't pay it forward and treat people shitty from a place of your own pain. So mental health awareness day, mental health week. How, I mean, be aware of your mental health. Be aware of the mental health of people around you. Sure. How could I not be? Ugh, that's a foolish thing to say. Because I wasn't. Because I'm totally numb. I was totally numb. I thought everything was fine. No, it's fine. What do you mean? What do you mean? Oh yeah, I'm not doing anything today. I haven't showered yet today. Well, that's fine though. I just didn't. want, I just feel like that. Yeah. Numb. Numb, numb. 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 Oh, did you have like a really painful fucking event happen a few day, a few weeks in a row? Like all these confusing big feelings and things and da da da. Oh, and you're acting totally numb now, isolated and numb. That makes sense. Huh, ah, but I got up and exercise this morning. I want people about people boxed. So I, I did something. Uh-huh. Did you? So maybe that's mental health awareness. Maybe the ask would be to like genuinely be aware of your mental health. Do a actual legitimate check in and see what your body feels like. That was such a huge thing for me one day realizing when someone asked me in therapy years ago, how do you feel? I'm going like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I can't feel my feet I can't feel my legs Uh, that that's a practice sometimes I've I've got now when I can remember it when I can remember to be mentally aware mental health aware like just checking in with uh, how do you feel legitimately how does gravity feel as it presses down on your shoulders or your head the way your neck is aligned can you feel the chair underneath you pushing into your legs and your butt can you feel the back of the chair against the small of your back can you feel it can you feel how hot your skin feels or cool does your skin feel tight like it's something you can't get out of does it feel heavy like something that you also can't get out of that you feel like you're drowning in it or does it just feel like nothing and is it fine does it fit is it sensitive to air around you does it get goosebumps and transform whenever you're thrilled? And goddamn, isn't that the most beautiful thing? Just trying to feel yourself. And then starting to explore the feelings of your brain. How does it feel in there, in that head? One time, I got very high on edibles years ago uh, when I didn't really know about doses, I guess. And. I uh, was laying in bed and I was walking around inside my body and I was looking around and uh, it was like a carnival is how I remember it. And I remember looking to my left and it was, I know the spot, it's right under my rib cage on the left side and uh, in big carnival-y, light bulby y letters, it said, the cave where the demon lives. And in real life, I said, out loud, ah, nope. And look at that right now <laughs> walking around inside of you being mentally health full aware <laughs> mental health aware I don't know what does it feel like is it cold or hot is it soft is it wet is it humid in there is it dry what is it like in there where does it hurt why does it hurt why do I think about my dad every fucking week, every month, all the time. Man, women just fall in love with me, man. Like if there were a Harry Potter snapshot of my dad, it would be that moment, man. Women just fall in love with me, man. That and this these times he would uh he would do the riff from uh I think Black Dog, the Led Zeppelin song and he would jam on the accelerator of the car with all my friends in it down these side streets in the suburbs and you're like, dude, my dad was probably like 30, maybe 29 or something like that 28 when he was doing that like, he was probably being stupid it scared me so much dad, what are you doing? why are you driving so fast? dad, stop, stop my friends are all laughing in the back giggling, my dad's like loving it I mean having fun. That's a Harry Potter snapshot of my dad. That's a Harry Potter snapshot of my dad. Man, women just fall in love with me, man. And uh, laughing about scaring you with how fast he's going <laughs> so he can entertain your friends. <laughs> uh, There's a couple other ones too, but I don't feel like sharing them. <sighs> Him handing me a book, you know. Him saying, you know, most people, you ask them who you are and they tell you their job. I was a lawyer for 16 years and now I'm not. Then just silence, stillness, nothing, no tears, no, nothing in the car driving along. I don't know. So this one's late. And um try to see what you're feeling. Mental health awareness week. Thank you. Be good to yourself and the people around you. Keep trying. Keep trying. I think we can feel okay predominantly. I feel okay today. Thanks. Bye.